you know, we've been talking about stepping out in faith, and we gave you illustrations of members in this body, and there, there, there are countless numbers of stories about people in this church who stepped out in faith and overcame the odds. It didn't look like what it became, but because they trusted God and his word, amen, and moved and were moved to action, God worked a miracle in their lives, amen? So, but I, I want you to, uh, to go back with me. Let's go back to uh, Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Um, and we're going to begin our reading at verse number six. And I want to read it from the King James Version of the Scripture, Brother Jay. Isaiah 55, uh, verse number six. Are y'all still here with me today? We're talking about stepping out in faith. God loves us and he desires us for us to be people of faith. He designed us to operate by faith because if the scripture says without faith it's impossible to please God, the person who comes to God must believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We, got to, we, we have to begin to understand what it means to walk in faith and not just be a church member, not just be someone who comes and listens, but when we hear word, we say like Mary did in Luke, the first chapter when she said, be it unto me according to your word. So the text says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let's keep moving. It says what? Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will do what? Thank God for abundantly pardoning us. Amen. The next verse, let's read together. It says what? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Stop trying to make your way the Lord's way. We keep trying to bring God down to our level, and God said, no, no, you got to come up to my level, right? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Next verse, let's read it. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. Next verse. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Next verse. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. So shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. Now, I told you on last week when we left off, I said this. God doesn't speak just to hear the sound of his own voice. Did y'all hear me? God doesn't speak just to hear the sound of his voice. Neither does he speak to be just to be heard by others. But he speaks in order to accomplish. Everybody say he speaks in order to accomplish. Mary, when she got the message from the angelic being who spoke to her and came to her and she was a little bit startled. She was a little bit confused because of the message that he gave her. But once she got some questions answered and the angel gave her some context for what he was saying and the angel gave her another witness in order to stimulate her faith, she talked, the angel talked about her cousin Elizabeth and how she was pregnant in her old age and seeing what God does in somebody else's life ought to stimulate you to walk in faith. Because if God did it for Constance Thomas, he can do it for Tony White. If God did it for Richard Martin, he can do it for Faye Lampkin. If God did it for Eddie Hamilton, he can do it for Katie Davis. So, because God is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. Are y'all track with me today? So, go to Matthew 13 with me right quick. I'm going to just move down through. Now, we... we, we uh, I want to share scripture with you today, as always, because I think it's important for us to grasp and understand Matthew 13, and we're going to go to verse number one, and we'll see.
see what the Lord has to say to us today. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number one. Because here's what I've discovered, and you, you probably know this too. As we sit here in this service, I am keenly aware that out of the, I don't know how many people are in here today, but out of the number of people who are in here today, everybody will hear the same word. But everybody will not receive it the same way. Are y'all with me? All of y'all are going to be looking at me for the next 39 minutes and four seconds, three seconds. (laughs) But everybody won't receive it the same way. Mary said, be it unto me according to thy word. Zacharias the father of John the Baptist heard a message from an angelic messenger and God shut his mouth until the baby was born because he was speaking doubt. Uh Do y'all remember the story? Uh See, how you receive will determine what transpires in your life. Watch the text here. Let's read it. It says, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by what? The seed side. Let's read on. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude did what? Stood on the shore. Listen, listen, Jesus is speaking here. And I, I pray and I see the day when, when the word of God is, is so profound in this place that you got to get here 30 minutes ahead of time to get a seat. That's what I perceive. Do y'all hear me? Yes, sir. And we ain't going to save a seat for you either. <laughs> you got to get here on time to get the good seats. I told y'all, this is, I'm going to make these first two rows on each side first class. Because <laughs> some of y'all don't like to sit on those, in those rows. First, there's benefits to being in first class. So I'm going to figure out a way to give you some benefits, those on the first two rows. <laughs> so just, just, just chill out. All you back row Baptists, amen. (laughs) But I I, I said that, so here we see the Bible says a great multitude were gathered together to him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Guys, I'm, I'm telling you, when you look at Christianity across this globe, not just in America, Christianity is spreading in a lot of places and countries that we never even heard of and never been a part of. And people are excited about the word so much so they walk miles and they crowd facilities and they go in listening for a word from God. But here in America, we've gotten so spoiled, we've gotten so, so lackadaisical about our faith journey that if we just may show up and we may not. But I'm going to tell you, there are people who are hungry for the word of God. And when you become hungry for God's word and willing to receive it in your heart the right way, it'll begin to produce results. So I'm believing that the results that will be, that'll be produced in the lives of the saints here will be so profound and so extraordinary that people will say, what in the world is going on at EBC Benton? Why in the world did you go and be a member of that? Some of y'all have already been asked that question. What, why are you up at EBC Benton? You're not supposed to be there. Yes, you are. You're where the Holy Spirit led you to be. Uh-huh. And stop, stop, stop living your life based on the opinions of others. I'm going to stay with God. And I'm going to do exactly what he told me to do. Because, see, to, see the, the Bible says this. God told us the foolish things of this world to do what? To confound the wise. And he did it that way so that no flesh could glory in his presence. So whatever God is doing in this place, I don't want him to do it without me, and I'm going to give him all the glory. He's going to get the glory, not Doyle Adams. Can I say it again? Jesus Christ is the one who we magnify, not the preacher. And the church said amen. Amen. (laughs) And great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Text says this, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Watch this. Next verse. Uh, let me see. See, sometimes technology gets a little bit slow, so that's why you have to always have your Bible with you. 
Everybody say, where's my Bible? All right. There we go. <laughs> when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and did what? They came and did what? As a matter of fact, if you will, switch to the NLT with me right quick, because I want to give... And let me say this right quick. All right. And I know that this will be going out uh, over live stream. And I know there, there are people who are, who are convinced if you don't read from the KJV, you're going to hell. Well, let me say this to you. That may be your conviction, but none of us in today speak in King James English. So if I did read a verse in King James English, I got to bring it out of King James English into modern English so you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? There is no anointing in KJV. KJV was the time when the Bible was translated into English from the original Greek and Hebrew text. So I don't knock people who have a conviction for King James English. Just make sure that the version that you use is solid and it's, it is doctrinally sound. Right? But you got to take it from King James English because I don't talk King James English and you don't either. I promise you, you start reading the whole Bible in KJV, I got, somebody got to tell you, what does that mean? So now I'm taking it from King James English into modern day English because words change over time, right? A word back in 1611 could meant something totally different than it does in 2024, right? It's not like our words change, right? How many of y'all ever back in the 70s, Danny, when, when somebody walked in the room and said, man, that dude cold. <laughs> Carl, do they mean that he was shivering? It's 25 degrees outside? Is that what it meant, Deborah? Absolutely not. When they say that dude cold, that means he's sharp. Right? But if you had to say that same thing back 40 years ago, 50 years ago, you said that dude cold. Said, well, let me give him a what, where's the coat? Let me give him a coat. So words change, and we have to be adapt that understanding that words change. So, so when I go to the, I, I gotta say that because some people, some people are KJV only, some people, some people are fanatical about it. And so uh have your conviction, but people aren't going to hell because they're reading the modern translation. Because if I preach from the KJV, I still got to bring it into the modern translation in order for you to understand. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. But in all you're getting, get some what? So if I don't have understanding, I read the scripture, it sounded deep, but I didn't know what the heck you were talking about. So that's why I'll use modern translation. So that's just my, that's my, my, my pastoral rant, not rant, but my pastoral explanation. So there are many people who are hearing this who will say it's KJV only. Understand, unless you're reading from the original Greek and Hebrew, it is a translation. And so now we're not speaking King James English, we're speaking uh, English how we do it today. Are y'all with me? So watch the text here, verse number three. So, so don't get upset with me. And don't write me no letter because I ain't reading. <laughs> text says what? He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. Are you with me? A farmer went out to plant some seed as he scattered. Can y'all read with me? I, I, I like for y'all to read with me. It, it, it's something about words coming out of our mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it eat the fruit thereof. There's something about when you express the words, even when you're studying it by yourself, sometimes it's good to read it out loud, to hear it audibly. To me, it activates another sensory mechanism in order for me to, to be able to capture it and learn a little bit better. All right? Can y'all read together with me? This is a participatory sermon, and you are a part of the participation. Let's go. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and did what? Ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they did what? They died. Verse 7, other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was what? 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as has been planted. Anyone, who, anyone with ears to hear should listen and what? And understand. Now, let's, can we uh, 
fast forward a little bit. Let's go down to verse number 18. And, 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 and y'all read, read in between here. I'm just, I'm, for the sake of time. Um, well, no, let me go back. I don't, I don't want to miss it. Okay. <laughs> go back to verse 10. Verse 10. His disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? Text says what? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance. I need you to read that carefully with me and see what Jesus says here. Can we read again? Let's read. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, y'all who are sitting up in your half sleep, dreaming about what the cowboys are going to do this evening, ready to get out of this church so you can go get your guacamole together and your whatever you're going to fix. If you're not listening, listen to me say, but for those who are not listening, a little understanding they have will be taken away from now you want to see that, that there's your explanation. That's why you're confused because you hadn't been listening all along. Watch this. That is why I use these parables for they look, but they, they, they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really, they don't really understand. Verse number 14, let's read it. It says what? This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says what? When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are what? Hardened. See, I believe that even as a believer, your heart can become so hardened that you can't understand anything that's, a, that's spiritual in nature. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Can y'all hold your spot there? I'm just going with the Spirit of God. And let's go to 1 Corinthians right quick. Hallelujah. Y'all remember when we used to turn in our Bible? I was trying to save you time by saying we pop up on the screen. But go to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and verse, verse number one. 1 Corinthians, second chapter, verse number one. And then we'll come back there right quick. I need y'all to move with me today. Be it unto me according to the word. If I'm going to step out in faith, I have to have word being supplanted in my heart. And, my, and how that word is supplanted, it's going to be determined the, by the condition of my heart. What I'm telling you is there are times when as a believer, if you're not growing in your faith, and if your heart becomes hardened because of some hurt, some disappointment, you'll, you'll find yourself not being able to understand the things that God is saying in his word. Even when it's preached and explained, you won't receive it because your heart becomes hard. Look at what he says here. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. Corinth was a church that was overflowing in spiritual gifts. Man, they were very gifted, spiritually speaking, but they were also very immature. And their immaturity uh, caused great uh, heartache and consternation within the assembly. But Paul is writing to encourage. He says, when I first came to you, dear brothers, I, I, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. Next verse, let's read together. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except what? The one who was what? That's what it's all about, guys. It ain't about me. It's not about you. It's about whom? Jesus. Let's keep reading. Next verse. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I am not going to get up here and try to rhyme it and dime it for you. I'm not going get, to get up here and try to, to bring out the biggest words in the Greek dic dictionary for you. I want to make it plain, simple, and understanding so you can take it home and begin to apply it in your life. All right? So Paul is writing here, and he says... Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of what? The Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, 
but in the power of God. Don't trust in the fact that the guy got a doctorate degree. There are folks who got a doctorate degree but can't preach their way out of a paper bag. <laughs> Talking way up here and the people are listening way down here and they never make the word of God relevant to the lives of those who they are shepherding over. I want you to walk away from this building knowing and understand how God's words apply to your situation. Can we keep reading? Say, read on, Pastor. All right, verse number six, yet when I, he says, yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world, or to the rulers of this world, who are soon forgotten. Listen to me. I don't care how important you are, at some point in time, people are going to forget about you. I mean, in other words, you're not going to have that. That, that place in, in their life where, the, where you're, on the, you're front of mind. How many of y'all work at jobs and when you got ready to leave, people are like, oh, we don't know what we got you. <laughs> Two months later, they forgot about you. What I'm telling you is sometimes we think we're in relationship with people and it's only a transactional relationship. I, I talk with you because I work with you, but not, when I no longer work with you, I don't talk. How many of y'all... <laughs> So, so I, I listen, I, I thank God for, for, for he, he's graced me in March. It'll be 35 years since I've been pastoring this church. Started at the ripe old age of 25. And all I knew was, is I believe the word of God. That's all I knew. And here's the condition by which I agreed to pastor my home church. This is the one condition I told him. And you can access the Galloway. There's just a Margene Galloway sitting right there. And there's just the Eva Mae Hemmer sitting over here in the corner. And there's a few others that were here. There's Faye Lampkin over there. All right. And uh, who? Ain't but, ain't but a few of y'all. Uh, yeah, mom and dad. But mom came a little bit later after I was pastor. And daddy wasn't coming to church. But was making me go to church. I, won't go. I had a flashback. <laughs> No, no, I, I love my dad. And, and, he, and, and I'll tell you, he's been my biggest supporter in everything that I've done in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My biggest supporter. But he made me go to church, but he wouldn't go to church, and I was madder than a wet head. But I thank God that he did, okay? So there's a few of y'all here, but here's the one thing I said. I said, listen, I am willing to lead this country, because again, guys, I was not looking to pastor church. I told y'all, I was, I, was, I, was, I was actually content to be a full gospel businessman, staying in banking. As my, my goal was to move to Dallas, Texas, and to rise up to the ranks of banking. I was going to stay doing that until God said, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. I know you got your degree in finance from the Louisiana Tech University in Ruston, Louisiana. That degree has opened a lot of doors for me, guys. So I don't, you listen, y'all know I'm being, I'm being a little facetious when I say that. I, I thank God for Northeast. <laughs> I'm looking at Yvonne. Northeast Louisiana University, who's now ULMK. I'm just being facetious when I say that. But, but, but the, the one thing I said was, I'm willing to do this if you're willing to follow the word of God. Because that's all I know. I don't know Baptist doctrine. As a matter of fact, I never really studied Baptist doctrine because if, if it lines up with Scripture, we'll do it. If it doesn't, we don't. I believe in the full counsel of God. I believe God gave spiritual gifts to build the body. He didn't take them away. Okay? So they said, we'll do it. We'll follow you as you follow Christ. I thought, if I do something crazy, don't follow me. Hello? We'll follow the word, okay? I got to keep moving, y'all, because my time is running. But be it unto me according to the word. Watch this. Yet, he says, yet when, Paul says this, he says, yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. In the annals of history, we go back and we look at people, but, but by and large, we're not looking at them every day. 
People will forget you. And if, if, if and God, God knows if something happens to me, God will have somebody else to come along and pastor this church. I pray that I'm here for a long time. I have been here for a long time. And I, I, I pray that I'm here longer. But if something were to happen to me, if I go home to be with Jesus, this church won't die because it ain't about me. And if it does die, then I didn't do my job. If the ministry can't carry on because I'm not in the presence, then I'm a poor leader. And for all you insecure leaders who got to be in the middle of everything, grow up, learn to grow. And trust people who, are, who have the heart of God, who will follow God's lead. Amen? Okay, can I, can I keep moving? My, I, I, I got a little carried away with that, but verse number seven. Can we keep reading? No, the wisdom we speak is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have what? <laughs> that is what the scripture means when they say, no eye has seen, no ear heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secret. No one, watch this. Hear this carefully. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. You cannot understand the secrets of God and even the word of God just by studying the Bible intellectually. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings revelation. Are you with me today? That's why the Bible says, be not drunk with wine, which is in excess, but be filled with the spirit. And so, unless the Spirit of God gives me revelation, I can't know the things of God. Just like, unless, unless, unless I, listen, he says, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. Now, nobody really knows what you're thinking right now. As I said, sometimes in church, there's no telling what people are thinking. And they may not necessarily be listening to me. But you know what you're thinking, right? You know what's going on in your mind, right? You may be looking at somebody and saying, I wonder why she wore that kind of dress today. Well, because she wanted to wear that kind of dress. But if that's on your mind, so listen to me. Why? No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Let's move. Watch this. Next verse. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has what? Freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truth, using Scripture to explain Scripture, okay? Using the, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truth. But people, catch this, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. You may be born again, but you're not spirit-minded. And when you're born again, but not spirit-minded, you can't receive God's truth. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the what? What the spirit means. Those who are spiritual can all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For... Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have what? The mind of Christ. And until we get the mind of Christ percolating throughout our system, we won't be able to understand the things of God, all right? So y'all with me? So there, you know, a, 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 the natural man, the unregenerate man, the person who's never had a relationship with Jesus Christ cannot understand spiritual things. So stop trying to teach Bible to folks who aren't saved. They can't understand it. I just read to you, you can't understand it except the Spirit of God give revelation. And the Spirit of God can't give, 
Then back up. The Spirit of God will give revelation to that sinner who wants to become a born-again believer, who's, who decides to, to yield their will to Christ and actually come in their heart to save them. But we're trying to make people, we're trying to use the Bible to teach people who are not saved, and those people are going to receive it because they can't, they can't understand it, is what Paul said to the Corinthian church. And there are also people who are saved, but they're spiritually immature. That's what the Bible in the KJV calls a carnal mind. Carnal means fleshly or worldly. How do you think? What governs your thinking? I told you before, we have to be careful and guard what comes to the eye gates and our ear gates because those things influence how we think about life. All right? Go back to Matthew 13 with it right quick. Come on. Matthew 13. I got I to gotta get, get out of here. Matthew 13. Glory to God. And let's, let's skip on down, if you will, to... Uh, Go to verse number 18 of Matthew. Matthew 13, chapter, verse number 18. Everybody says, stepping out in faith. The condition of my heart is going to determine how I move, how I receive. If I receive God's word into my heart, if I'm like the psalmist who says, thy word have I did what? hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Where, how are you receiving God's word? That's the question. Verse number 18. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. Let's go. Here we go. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Next verse. Let's go. Come on. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But watch this. Next verse. But since they don't have deep roots, remember the roots don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. I want to ask you a question. Have there been times in your life where you've heard teaching about a subject? Let's say Let's take finances, for instance. Again, this is the start of a new year, and my, my exhortation and encouragement to every member of this church is to support the work of ministry through your tithes, offering, and sacrificial giving. As a matter of fact, while I'm preaching this, the, you know, our, uh, our pastoring son, Bill Parker, um, uh, planted the church about four years ago in Jackson, Mississippi, and God has graced them to purchase their own building. Amen. 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 No, 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 no. Less than four years in, they were able to purchase their own building. They're doing some remodeling. That. And you know what I want to do? As, 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 as a covering church, I want to buy those hundred shares that they want to buy to put in that place. And I want you to help do that. All right. Because I want us to sow into others. I want us to, they need a hundred shares and they buy $5,500 a piece. That's $5,500. Can we do that? Yeah. I said, can we do that? Yeah. So if everybody take a chair, that means $55. We helping somebody. We helping another ministry who's representing us in Jackson, Mississippi. So, so here's what I actually do. Just, just, you ain't got to tell them about If you want to buy two chairs, buy two. But I want to I be able to, to say, Brother Parker, we're going to take care of those chairs for y'all. Amen. Amen? All right. So now we keep moving. But since they don't have the deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems are persecuted for believing God's word. So, so when it comes to finances, okay, learning how to give, when God's, when God's pressing your spirit to give, and again, at this church, let me hear it. Some of y'all haven't been around long enough to know that we don't beg people for money. We don't strong arm you. We just teach. And we exhort. And this ministry has been carried through tithes, offering, and sacrificial giving. That's the way we do it. We don't sell chicken plates. I ain't got no problem with you if you're trying to do that. But if you're doing that in place of doing it God's way, you're out of order. Some of y'all in here don't know, have a clue what I'm talking about, do you? There are some churches back in the day, and I remember my wife's home church back up in Hainesville. They would have a, 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 a sale place every other Saturday, seems like. And by the time you buy the food, cook it, deliver it, and do all that, and, and, and the cost of the food, they may have made $150. Well, you could just, just wrote the check, give your tithes and offering, and you can save that time on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. 
I will never ask you to come up here and wash cars and sales plates in order for the ministry to operate. Because we're going to do it God's way. And I am here to tell you, as a former banker, this church has grown in budgeted receipts annually. Tell them, Bob, you're on the finance committee every year for the past 25 or 30 years. Even during depression. Not, not depression. We had recession. We didn't have depression. We don't know what depression feels like. We know what recession feels like. It's because y'all have been faithful by and large. But there are others who are, who, who, who are, who are members but, but aren't supporting. So I want to encourage you to, 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 to pray. Don't even pray about that. Because that's Bible. You support the ministry that's feeding you, that you're part of, okay? Can I get a witness? Now we're going to do a teaching on finances and I, I do it unapologetically because I know what it means to have God supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we're going to teach on that. We're going to teach on relationship. We're going to teach on a whole lot of things. All right? Can I keep moving? Let's go. But since they don't have the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the words of this life and the lure of wealth so no fruit is produced. All right. These are the conditions of the soul which the soul represents the heart of man. Are you tracking with me? The heart, the seed represents what? The word of God. And so how are you receiving the word? Are you allowing the worries of life, the lure of wealth to crowd out? You're receiving what God's word says. He says, so no fruit is produced. Let's keep moving. Next verse. The seed that fell on good soil represents what? Those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of Harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. So how you receive is going to determine the outcome in your life. The word of God, I mean. There are going to be times when the word comes, you're going to be excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, Pastor. I went to marriage fellowship. And how many of y'all have been to marriage fellowship before where those first two weeks after the marriage, after the marriage retreat, man, they sh- You Google eye, you're opening the car door for her like you did at the retreat, and now all of a sudden, three weeks later, she's she, she standing there waiting to you in the car. <laughs> all husbands in the house. Husbands, let me clue y'all into something. Open the car door for your wife. Every time. I know my wife, she'll just stand there. On the rare occasions where I forget, husbands, I need all hus- husbands, raise your hand. Come on. Raise your hand. If you are a husband, raise your hand. Come on now. You're in the house of the Lord. If you are a husband, raise your hand. Husbands, open the car door for your wife and be nice to her. But, Pastor, you know, sometimes she gets a little ornery. I don't care. You know what the Bible told you and me? It says, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Did Christ stop loving us when we acted up? When you sinned, did he stop loving you? No, he didn't. He still loved you. So keep loving her. I hear you, brothers. What you going to tell them? (laughs) Yo, we are wise. Oh, wise. Wise. I I need a yes, Pastor. Wise. Reverence and respect your husband. Stop treating him like he ain't got good sense. I know some of y'all say, well, he don't, Pastor. Yes, he does. You stop that. Stop it. My point is, once you learn what the scripture says, don't let hiccups in the road change your mind about what the scripture teaches. 
and what it says. Because talents, I promise you, anytime you make up your mind to go after God, expect persecution to come. EBC, let me tell you something. God is doing some magnificent things here, but I am not naive enough to think that the devil ain't, is not mad about it. He's going to rear his ugly head. He's going to try to bring dissension in the body because the way most churches, amen, stop doing God's will, it starts with contention within. So once we start actually doing the way at a level that God wants us to expect persecution and opposition to come. But I'm not phased by that because I know that if I'm doing what Jesus told me to do, there's going to be opposition. The only way you don't have opposition if you ain't doing nothing. The devil doesn't mind you coming to church and, and lifting up whole hand, praising God and singing a little bit and then go home and leave and live like you always live. I mean, you're no threat to, the, to his kingdom. But when you start trying to reach people with the gospel, build God on a relationship, leading people to Christ, casting out demons, he gets mad about that and he's coming after you. But guess what? Greater is he that's in you Deleted that he that's in the world. You got the power of the Holy Ghost abiding on the inside of you. I don't care what the devil throws my way. God is bigger than him. All right. All right. So, so let's get back. I, 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 I got to finish here. Now, I told you on last week that, that um, the birth of Christ illustrates this concept of of, of God speaking in order to accomplish. The angel told Mary what, she, what was going to transpire in her life. And we said the birth of Christ illustrates this concept. Uh, and the birth of God's son, it required something. It required a miracle, I told you. I told you it, it, it required a combined act on God's part and on the woman's part. See, this, when these things happen, when God wants to work and use us, it's, it's a duality, a purpose. In other words, it involves not only God, but us also. The Bible says we are co-laborers together with Christ. That means that we, are, we have a part to play, okay? We also told you that, that, that it's a miraculous nature, both a divine nature and a human nature. We saw that in Hebrews, right? We also told you that, the, that, that it required the birth of a perfect nature. And we look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 11 through 21. Because that perfect, a perfect life was needed to, to be lived so that righteousness could be secured. Amen? Jesus, amen, was fully God yet fully man, but he knew no sin. That's important. Our Savior, amen, lived a perfect life, and we needed that. Amen? We also said that it required the creative word of God. God created the world by simply speaking the word. God always creates by the power of his word. And the power of his word alone. We also, we, we left out and said the virgin birth, it required the virgin birth because Christ is the only begotten son of God. Go to Philippians 2 with me right quick. Philippians 2, from NLT, verse number 1. Philippians 2, verse number 1. Hallelujah. Philippians 2, verse number 1. Paul is writing. To the saints at Philippi, he says this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then look, look at what he says. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with what? One mind and purpose. The thing that I see that's killing the church today is that we don't have the one mind and purpose. When you get your mind off of the main thing, which the main thing for us as born again believers should be to try to reach somebody with the gospel in order to get them saved. And once we get them saved, we should be about discipling them so they can grow in their faith and they can go out and reach somebody else. If you're focused on anything else, your mind is off, off, off base. Because God wants to use us to reach people. He, he chose men to reach men. Can I get a witness? Next verse, read it out loud and on purpose. Verse number three says what? Don't be. Let's read it again. Don't be. Look at the next part. What? Don't try to impress others. Stop trying to impress people. I've told you all before. When we come together in this church, I don't care what you do out there. 
Your titles do not impress me. How much money you make don't impress me. Some churches, they can't tell uh, Mr. Smith that because Mr. Smith, he, 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 he gives half the budget. When you start trusting people rather than trusting God, that's why I can preach freely, y'all. I said I can preach freely because I'm not, I've seen what the Lord has done. Well, I'm mad. I'm not going to give. So you hurting me? <laughs> Are you serious? So if you're giving that way, you're not giving the right spirit in hand. I can preach freely because, I, listen, I know that I trust God and not people. I love y'all, but you can flip out on me in a second. I mean, seriously. And if you're in ministry for a prolonged period of time, you're going to have people who wound you. But I think that's part of God's growth process for us. Because if you don't ever learn how to overcome hurt, or, 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 or if you get so dependent on people that you stop trusting God, then you are out of place. Your trust is out of place. So, so I can f- preach freely because I trust God to do what he said he's going to do in this place. Are y'all with me? I love you. I love you. I said I love you says, your pastor, I love you. I love you enough to speak truth into your life. I know sometimes what I say may hit you the wrong way, but that's okay. Just search it out and say, okay, w- was it true? Was he lying? Was it doctrinally correct? Was it in the scripture? And if it is, okay, get over your feelings and let's walk into it. Walk into the word. Watch this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourself. Watch this. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was, listen, he says we must have the same attitude that Jesus had. What kind of attitude did he have? Though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and and under the earth. And at every tongue declare that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His birth had to be different. He had to enter the world differently from others, for he is different from the very nature of his being. He had to enter the world in such a way as to proclaim his divine nature, yet in such a way that would allow him to partake of human nature. This is critically important, guys. His birth had to involve both the act of mankind and of God himself. Amen? His birth also required a second Adam, a second man born just like the first Adam. Y'all know, whenever in the scripture you see somebody use the term the second Adam, who are they referring to? Jesus. The first Adam is the Adam in the Garden of Eden, but Jesus is known as the second Adam. Amen? A second Adam, amen, a second man born just like the first Adam by the word of God using natural substance. Why, why is that, Pastor? Well, he was born to become what the first Adam failed to become, which is the ideal man. He was born, Jesus, to be what Adam failed to be, which was the man who always chose to love and obey God in all things, everything thereby passing on the nature of the idea of righteousness and perfection that can stand for and cover all men. He was born to become what the first Adam failed to pass on to man, which is the way to God, the truth of God, and the life of God, which all men can trust and follow. John 14 and 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except what by me. Jesus, amen. He was, he, was, he was required to be, uh, it required an espoused state and not a singular marriage state. Why? When Mary came up pregnant, hear me carefully, when Mary came up pregnant, as a single woman pregnant, that would have caused far more questioning and bring far more contempt upon Christ and his followers. But she was espoused. Y'all know, in, in, in that culture, to be espoused was almost like being married already. 
and you had to get a divorce from the espousal, from the engagement. It's not like some of these engagements we had today. Some people engaged today, not engaged tomorrow. Some people engaged for 50 years. I'll tell you before, if you've been engaged for a dude for 10 years, hey, 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 he need to, he need to fish or cut bait. How are you going to be engaged to somebody for 10 years? Many times, that's a couple just to live together. This is my fiancé. How long y'all been fiancéing? <laughs> 10 years? Oh, get out of here. Listen, this espoused state and not a single or married state, because again, if, if she was married, she wouldn't be a virgin. Because no man is going to marry a woman and not touch her. Did he just say that? Yes, I just said that. If he was married, then Joseph would have did to do. Wouldn't have you. So this espousal state was necessary because as as an espoused woman, she didn't have she couldn't have had sex, and as a single woman, she would have been she would have been absconded by the culture of that day. It would have been a Nobody would have listened and, and believed because she was an unwed mother who was single. So it had to, this espousal state was perfect. She was, she was, uh, 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 she was in between. She was attached to a man, but that man could not have had sex with her because this that was going to be born of Mary was born of supernatural consequences. It's God the Father. Amen. Pouring out himself through human flesh to be born in the manger in Bethlehem. Amen. So to be, he can be reared up to go to the cross of Calvary so that you and I could have a right to the tree of life. And it all started when Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. You may not understand it, but follow God's word. Supernatural birth was a faith journey. And I want to encourage you to step out in faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And until we get to this point to where we can walk in faith, we will not be able to please God at the level that he wants us to, to please him at. Stepping out in faith. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you.